Hello, I am Tamsin and welcome back to English Sound Building, the advanced pronunciation podcast that celebrates the physical side of language learning, encouraging you to do the work to build muscle, muscle memory and master new sounds. Always remember that successful communication is possible in any one of the thousands of global English accents and there is no ideal. But learning about pronunciation can make your speech clearer, helps with listening, it's fascinating and it is fun and that is why we're here. If you find it useful to read as you listen, you can find a script for this podcast on my Patreon page. That's www.patreon.com slash English Brick by Brick. The link's in the episode notes, as well as on the podcast website. If you do visit my Patreon, please remember that everything is free on there. Just scroll down on the main page. But it is just me writing, recording and editing these in my free time. So if you like what I do and you are able to support me, whether as a one-off or longer term, please do. And thank you so much to those of you who already have or are. And of course, the other way you can support me and help yourself at the same time is, of course, by having lessons with me. I teach online on italki and my italki availability is open at the moment for the first time in a year. If you are an upper intermediate to advanced or above level learner and you'd like classes with me, you can find the link to my teacher profile in the episode notes or just contact me and ask. As well as pronunciation, you'll find that I also specialize in writing for academic and professional communication, including IELTS preparation and in fluency speaking. In fact, I've got a great block booking deal for fluency speaking classes on at the moment for the summer months. So today we're continuing from last week's podcast in which we talked about the sound. Last week, we talked about the so-called standard English from England pronunciation of where the sound is pronounced almost all of the times we see the letter H in writing. However, what's interesting is that the majority of English from England speakers will actually drop or elide the sound at least some of the time. This can happen in two ways. So the first way and the one we're going to be spending the most time on today because nearly all speakers will do it at least some of the time is dropping that sound in faster speech at the beginning of the weak forms of grammar words beginning with the letter H and particularly where these grammar words are in the middle or at the end of a sentence. So we're talking about the words he, him, his, her, has, have and had, but of course the weak forms of those e, im, is, a, us, of and ud. As with many of the features of connected speech, this is not done consistently, but dropping those sounds along with other features of connected speech can help you to get a better feel for the rhythm of English. So it is something I'd really advise experimenting with and playing with today um, and seeing if it's something that you want to try to bring into your pronunciation of English. We're going to start just by refreshing our memory of these weak forms by reading them as individual words. We spoke about many of them when we looked at reducing weak forms to the schwa sound in episode 26, but at that point we didn't drop the sound. We're going to read them both ways. I'll read the full form and then I'll read the weak form with the sound dropped, so without the sound. Listen and repeat both forms. He, e. Him, 
Im. His is. Her a. Has us. Have of. Had ud. And now let's just repeat that list of weak forms. E, im, is, a, us, of, ud. Well done. Now we're going to practice these weak forms in some common sentences. And we're going to do this a little differently to the way we usually do things. So first, I'm going to read the sentence slowly without those weak forms and with the sounds for you to grasp the meaning. Don't repeat at this point, though I will pause for you to process the language. I'll then read it again and again slowly without the weak forms and with the sounds. This time, I would like you to repeat, but don't try to copy me reading it slowly or saying it slowly. Try to say it as you naturally would at a faster pace if you can, and notice as you do so whether or not you produce those sounds or indeed those weak forms. Sentence one. Yes, he said he's coming. Yes, he said he's coming. Sentence two. Could you tell him I'm here? Could you tell him I'm here? Sentence three. I told her I'd call. I told her I'd call. Sentence four. I met his mum yesterday. I met his mum yesterday. Sentence five, I haven't seen him today. I haven't seen him today. Sentence six, well, he should have known better. Well, he should have known better. Sentence seven, I think he has just left the office. I think he has just left the office. And sentence eight, I had better go now. I had better go now. Fantastic. We are now going to go through the same sentences again. This time I am going to read them at my natural pace, producing the weak forms and dropping those sounds. 
This time, I'd like you to try to repeat in the same way as I do and see if you notice a difference from the previous time. We'll do each sentence twice, but I won't do a slow read at the beginning this time. Sentence one. Yes, he said he's coming. Yes, he said he's coming. Sentence two. Could you tell him I'm here? Could you tell him I'm here? Sentence three. I told her I'd call. I told her I'd call. Sentence four. I met his mum yesterday. I met his mum yesterday. Sentence five. I haven't seen him today. I haven't seen him today. Sentence six. Well, he should have known better. Well, he should have known better. Sentence seven. I think he's just left the office. I think he's just left the office. And sentence eight. I'd better go now. I'd better go now. And you probably noticed that with sentences six, seven and eight, if we were looking at those sentences in informal writing, we'd actually end up with a contracted form, should have in sentence six, he's in sentence seven, and I'd in sentence eight. And that's a great clue that the dropping of these H sounds is so common that it's even kind of made its way forward into a representation in the written language as well. Now, we've actually seen these weak forms with a dropped sound before in some of the classic tongue twisters and rhymes we've looked at, especially if you've been able to match my speed when reading them quickly. I just want to review one of them today. Do you remember this Carolyn Wells classic, A Canner Exceedingly Canny? Listen and repeat line by line at first. As usual, I'll read each line three times. So the first time I'll read slowly. I'll just pause quickly for you to process the language. I'll then read at a more natural pace, pausing for you to repeat, and then I'll repeat that one more time as well. As we go, notice the pronunciation of those H letters. Notice whether you see any sounds or hear any sounds dropped. A canner exceedingly canny. A canner exceedingly canny. A canner exceedingly canny. One morning remarked to his granny. One morning remarked to his granny. One morning remarked to his granny. A canner can can anything that he can. A canner can can anything that he can. A canner can can anything that he can. 
But a canner can't can a can, can he? But a canner can't can a can, can he? But a canner can't can a can, can he? Well done. And you notice that that dropping of the sound in that final verse, which gives the canny instead of can he, that mirrors the first line, the canny, the adjective. And that's what gives the poem its feel, what gives the poem its rhyme and its rhythm as well. Let's try one full read through. Either try to read with me and match me as you go or pause the recording afterwards and see if you can remember it yourself. A canner exceedingly canny. One morning remarked to his granny, a canna can can anything that he can, but a canna can't canna can, can he? Well done if you manage that. It's really not easy, but it's a lovely rhyme to do. Um, and when you get it right, it feels great to do. So at the beginning, I said there's a second way in which English from England speakers drop the sound. And that is where in certain English from England accents, the is actually dropped much more often. Almost all of the time we see that letter H in writing. This is characteristic of many um, regional accents around England. And in fact, if you look at a map of accents and in England, you'll see that the majority of that map is taken up with places which drop rather than pronounce the sound. But the pronunciation of the is still seen as standard. So this isn't something that I encourage you to do on purpose, unless, of course, you want to. Perhaps you're living in one of those areas. It's not something we're going to practice today in terms of production. But this is a place where learning about pronunciation will really help your listening. Because if you are listening to those regional English from England accents, you have to learn to recognize that, for example, what's happening is the same as what's happening. Or how is he is the same as how is he? Or he has an odd hat on his head is the same as he has a hard hat on his head. So a listening challenge for you this week. As you're listening to English this week, see if you notice any dropping in any of these places. Great job today. It's not easy unless you're used to hearing those accents where the sounds are dropped a lot or unless you've got a really good ear for the things which are happening in connected speech and you've noticed this dropping a lot. It can be really tricky to wrap your head around dropping these sounds, even in those grammar words, especially if you've previously worked really hard to make sure that you're pronouncing the in that word initial position. But I hope you found it fun to play with. My students usually do and also often find it really interesting to notice how the feel of their English changes when they start dropping these sounds at the beginnings of words. So well done. You have come to the end of this week's workout. Don't forget to practice as often as possible to build muscle and muscle memory, speeding the podcast up or slowing it down as you need to. If you'd like to follow me on social media, come find me on Instagram or Facebook at English Brick by Brick. And of course, you can also find me on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash English Brick by Brick. I'm back next week with our final voiceless and voiced consonant pair P and B. Enjoy sound building and I'll see you then.